With us on the internet at the church. God bless you. Thank you for joining in with us this morning. Uh, can we just sing Healer of My Heart? We've got a testimony here from Sister Charity Weimer. Um, over the last the last few months, her eyes have been bothering her, and she says, Last Sunday, she went up for prayer for her eyes. Brother Tim prayed for her, and for the first time in months, she says she can see clearly and her eyes don't hurt anymore. Amen. She just wants to give all the glory to God for healing her eyes. Amen. Hallelujah.
saying I claim the blood we do have a prayer request here from our sister Roxanne Hoffman please remember no Montley the, the young boy of our sister Montley he's been having seizures and says in spite of the 
being on the two anti-seizure meds and maximum capacity for his age and size, he's still having seizures regularly. Please pray for a complete delivery and also for wisdom for the doctors, for the, the treatment and care he, uh, he needs. Amen. I, I couldn't imagine what a young boy like that would have to go through. Jesus is go by that young man. Touch him. It's the thing I claim the blood. I claim the blood. Jesus shed on Calvary.
head. Dear Heavenly Father, Creator of heaven and earth, we are so thankful, O oh God, to sing these songs. Not just singing a song, but knowing, Lord Jesus, that we believe on what we're singing. O oh God, the word of the song means exactly what we are here for, Lord, to claim the blood of Jesus Christ. Without the blood of Jesus Christ, our life means nothing, Father. Everything we do in this life, O oh God, after this many months that we've seen many things going around, you have proven us it's only the blood that matters, Lord Jesus. This life is so unexpected, O oh God, but we come before you because of the blood of Christ. We come to give you thanks, Lord Jesus, for giving us an opportunity to come, O oh God, this morning, Lord, where we can praise your name, where we can receive something that will give us strength, Lord Jesus, to run in this race, not knowing, O oh God, what tomorrow holds, but we put our hands, Lord Jesus, on your hands, believing and trusting that you know tomorrow, Father. You have our future in your hands, Lord Jesus. We pray that you will have full preeminence over the service this evening, O oh God. This morning, Lord Jesus, come, O oh Father, touch our lives, O oh God, in a special way. Use your servant in a special way, Father, on the things that we probably know, O oh God, Lord Jesus. But you know, Lord Jesus, our needs, that you will bring restoration, O oh Father. You will bring true, O oh God, healing in our lives, Lord Jesus. Healing in our spirit, O oh God. Healing in our family and everything that we have, O oh Lord Jesus, in our possession. We call on your presence, Father. Anoint your servant in a special way. Let it be not just by the team speaking, Father, but the Lord Jesus Christ himself. As you promised, where two or three are gathered in my name, I shall be there, Lord Jesus. We believe you are here with us, O oh God. We are gathered in your name, Lord Jesus. And we come before you also, God. Bring this request, O oh Father, before your presence. That, O oh God, our sister Roxanne has sent. Heavenly Father, we come because we have faith in your word. Because we have faith in what you have said, Father. Lord, you send us a prophet. There was cases of, oh God, epileptic, Lord Jesus. There was all kinds of cases of seizure, oh God. All kinds of cases that the doctor did not know. But, oh Father, when they came to the, the line of prayer, Lord Jesus, the prayer line. Lord, we see the angel of the Lord always being there. Lord Jesus, in the appointment. And, oh God, in many times, Lord Jesus, he was proven that... Lord, you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. We come before you, Lord. We bring this young man, oh Father, before your presence, before the blood of Jesus Christ, that we're claiming this morning, Lord. Oh God, come in this case. There is no other case greater than you, Lord. There is no case greater than the blood of Christ. We ask for a healing, Lord Jesus, in Jesus Christ's name, that you will give wisdom, O oh God, to the doctor. You will come, Lord Jesus, and bring complete deliverance, O oh Father. Oh God, let, it, let us be able to hear testimony, Father, that you did something great in this life. And give, O oh Father, peace to that family. We commit ourselves to you, Lord. Oh Father, to the saints that gather in Canada, we once again pray, Lord Jesus, that you will do a greater miracle, Lord Jesus. Oh, Father, you are greater than the border officers. You are greater than the immigration. You are greater than anything that we can see, Father. Oh, God, we just want to commit our lives to you. Have your way once again this morning as we dedicate this service to you. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen.
guys can have your seats. There's just an announcement for our Sister Sally Sr.'s memorial service here. Memorial service for Sister Sally Sr. will be July 29th at 6 p.m. at Sunlight Community Church, 8800 Bender Road, Linden. Amen. That's July 29th at 6 p.m. Amen. We just want to continue to remember the Powell family and Sister Sally Sr. Amen. This thing is already done. Aunt Tracy and Andrew have a song for us as we sing the song. This is, you guys can come. Oh, it's already done. Oh, it's already this morning. This song was requested, so I'm going to sing it this morning for you, Brother Rob. You requested it on Monday, so I hope you enjoy it. Um, forgive me in advance if I mess up. I played this song one time before on a video after a lot of practice, so you probably remember that, um, but I haven't actually picked up a guitar for a while now. just been busy, but um, I asked Mom to sing this with me, and we ran through it a few times, and uh, hope it's a blessing to you. Eliezer was sent to get a bride for Isaac. Found Rebecca in a far and distant land. She believed every word he told her. She left home for the winter man to a place she'd never been before. And she never seen. She loved to hear him tell about Isaac. Following his camel train. Eliezer, tell me more. What does it look like? I've never seen. Be his bride. 
you this morning. It's nice to see you all here. This song has been on my heart for close to a couple months now, um, before even Brother Murphy was here, and I'd hoped to sing it while he was here. 
And there was one Sunday in particular that we were here um, in service, and just the the thought of worship was just really weighing on me and heavy on me. And I just felt like, Lord, we need to we need to break out and just worship and just watch watch what God will do when we really just get outside of our our human selves and just worship Him, you know, un, unreservedly. And it was weighing on me so heavily. And the next day, we were still driving to Canada uh, for the kids' school at Bible Way Christian Academy, and I got to talk to Calista and Margaret, and they were sharing with me what had happened the day before with Gabe and Jewel. And they told me that it was after the service, and they were all together in the house, and they were talking about worship and how God wants us to worship, and we need to worship. And they just said that spontaneously, the Holy Ghost just fell in their house, and they began to cry out to God. Sorry. And they began to worship him, and that was what triggered the change, amen, in, in Jewel and Gabe. And so thankful to hear what God's doing for them, and we just look forward to to wonderful things. But I just want you to sing this with me. I don't want it to really be a special. It's a song that most of us know, Worship the Lord, but it's been heavy on my heart. I just feel like, you know, we need to just really just worship God. And I believe that walls fall when God's people cry out and praise, amen. So let's sing this all together, and we just trust that the Holy Spirit will smile upon us and bless us this morning. God will not reject your prayer. Praying makes you stronger. I have never seen the righteous forsaken, begging for bread or left to suffer. Just wait and see what God will do. When you lift up your hands and surrender, God will pull you through. trials, in your trials, worship, if you are hurting, worship, nothing matters, worship, he will hear your praise, God goes before you, saying, let there be, he's healing your wounds and setting you free, he's sending his angels. Fighting from all sides, he's leading the way as he is the guide. Trust in him, he will never fail. He'll walk with you along life's rugged trail. Just lift up your hands, this is your victory day, and give him the praise.
name every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that you are Lord Lord we talked about the earth we sang about the earth filled with your glory one day Lord the corruption of this civilization will be taken off of the earth and your glory which is here in your creation will shine forth and Lord it will be uncorrupted by the tainted hands of sinful men Lord we're looking forward to that day but while we wait for that day we endure as you said he that endureth to the end shall be saved we realize that we're in the end time it's an enduring time it's a struggle it's a wrestling not against flesh and blood but against powers against spiritual wickedness But Lord, we do not wrestle in vain, but neither do we wrestle alone. Lord, you strengthen us. We can do all things through Christ, which strengthens us. And as we gather together this morning, not only here, Father, but gather together at Cloverdale. Lord, as they're able to gather in numbers, we pray, Lord, that... The atmosphere that is there that we can almost even feel uniting with us this morning. May you bless them, Lord. They're watching the preaching through the medium of a stream. But Lord, the Holy Spirit is not on the internet. The Holy Spirit is in person. Lord, not only at Cloverdale Bible Way, not only at Mount Baker Bible Way Camp, also in every home, in every place, Lord, that would be watching this service. May you just take the preeminence and take every spirit under your control. Bless, Lord, the reading of the word and whatever you would have us to say. Lord, I just want to yield myself to you. 
that the name of Jesus would be glorified. As the men, the Greeks, I I believe it was, came to your disciples, said, Sirs, we would see Jesus. That's on our hearts this morning. We want to see Jesus. Bless now this service, we pray in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Good to be together this morning. Amen. Here, Cloverdale, in your homes, wherever you are. God bless you, each and every one. Thank you. That's all the singing that we will do at this time. Appreciate each and every one of you. And as I said last week, appreciate the labors that we have gone through. Certainly the longest two weeks of our lives. It has been this last year and a half. As they said initially, well, we just do this for two weeks, but here we are. And uh, we, we're just thankful for the Lord seeing us through. Are you glad for the Lord? Yeah. He's seen us through. And I, I want to just say thank you to each and every one for your fellowship and your time this week. As we have gathered together in the different homes, breakfast, lunch, supper. I, I'm not a real outgoing social guy. I've probably had enough fellowship this week to last me a few months now. And uh, so we're just, uh, we just enjoyed every bit of it though. And wish we could have got to see more of you. And there was certainly this full schedule. And if we didn't get to your house or didn't get to have a meal with you or shake your hand or have a coffee or whatever it is, you forgive us. I'm sure that uh, the Lord will make a way sometime in the future. One thing we know is when we're gathered on the other side, there will have time. We just don't have time on this side. It just We just run out of it so quickly. But it's good to see each and every one. Uh, good to hear Sister Tracy this morning. Amen. It's been a while since we heard Sister Tracy sing. I'm just looking. There she is there. I know it's your favorite singer, Brother Steve. She's one of my favorite singers. She sang at our wedding. And uh, we just so appreciate the gift that God put in her. So excuse me, Brother Steve, if I say I see where the boys got it from. Uh, you know, it's uh, we appreciate the gift that God puts in every individual. Um, let's take our Bibles and turn to the book of Galatians. Chapter five, where we were last week, want to carry on from that foundation. Um, I called it part four of what is that to thee i'm in really in danger of having one of those endless series that some preachers like to have you see them on the internet part 147 or part uh, 322 you know something i don't know i'm not i don't think i'll get that far it just everything ties together when god opens a vein in the word you just love to mine that vein And get every nugget out of it that you can. And so uh, we trust that the Lord will make it a blessing uh, this morning. Um, I just want to say while you have your Bibles open to Galatians. uh, I want to just mention the country of Ethiopia. If you have that. I'll put the baptism picture up there for me if you would. And uh, the brother... uh, uh, Mogus just was in touch with me and sharing some testimonies there in the south of Ethiopia. And uh, as I mentioned before, um, there's a little uh, outreach in the town of Sodo. And uh, there we, we see some souls have come in. And then they were also in the town of Awasa, 
which we would say Hawassa probably. It starts with an H. They, they don't use the H in Ethiopia. And uh, they were there to encourage the group that's there that has sprung up uh, there. And uh, there is a little church that's gathered there now. Maybe give me the little church picture, if you would, right now. I'll come back to the baptism picture. Can you see the church now? Not yet. Okay, can you see any pictures now? You see Cloverdale. All right. You're, that's why they're at the back. Give me a minute, he says. That's what he means by that. All right. He's going to put a picture up. There we go. Uh, so there they are now. This is the second church building in Ethiopia. The main church is in Addis Ababa, the first church. And this is now Brother Mogus greeting the people in their dedication or their first service, rather not their dedication, but their first service in a little building. They put their own money into this and they've gathered the people together in Awasa that have come in. And there's probably about 30 people or so there now in Awasa. And so while he was there, Brother Mogus was telling me they went out on the street and maybe I'll just read his report here. He says, uh, they, they were had some time, and so they were out on the street, um, just walking down the street. He says, and we came across a street preacher, and we sat with him and threw on him more light. I thought that was a great way to say it. We threw on him more light, and immediately he believed, and we baptized him. Amen. Amen. So here was a man that was preaching the gospel on the streets. Ethiopia is a very religious people. Hwasa actually is a very religious town. Besides the Christianity and the Ethiopian uh, uh, Orthodox Church, that also is the center of the Rastafarians. And, and uh, if you know anything about them, so it's quite a religious place in different uh, levels. And, and he said, here was a man preaching on the street, we shed light on him and we baptized him immediately. You can put that picture up there of the baptism. And uh, he says, we are speaking with many, so pray for us. So God's moving in Ethiopia. Amen. And so this man that maybe didn't have a whole lot of light, they shed some light on him. He was preaching Christ. It kind of reminds me of Paul as he found uh, I think uh, Agrippa, might, I might have the name wrong, and how that he was preaching. And so then, but he didn't, he was preaching through the revelation of John the Baptist. And, and But the light had gone further. And so Paul brought further light to him. And so we realized that this man was preaching Jesus Christ, but he needed the light of this hour. And uh, it actually, I thought I'd just share that with you because that's what I want to minister on this morning the way of light. The way of light. Let's look in our Bibles, Galatians chapter 5. And verse 16 is where we'll start. This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary one to the other, so that you cannot do the things that you would... But if you be led of the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like. 
of the which I tell you before, as I have also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, against such there is no law. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Now, if you turn with me over to the book of Job, Job chapter 38. Just before the book of Psalms. Now, chapter 38 is when God begins to speak in the book of Job. And verse 1 says, The Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind and said, Who is this that darkeneth counsel by words without knowledge? But I want you to jump down to verse 19. And it says, Where is the way where light dwelleth? And as for darkness, where is the place thereof, that thou shouldest take it to the bound thereof, and that thou shouldest know the paths to the house thereof? Amen. The Lord add his blessing to the word. You may be seated. There's a way for light, and there's a place for darkness. Where is the way? That light dwelleth. Where is the place of darkness? God asks Job. And we realize as we are born in sin, shaped in iniquity, we come into the world speaking lies. We recognize that we were born in darkness. We have need of light to come into our life. Can you say amen to that? You know, we, we have a... Uh, a deep desire, especially as a predestinated seed, and I, I trust that I'm speaking to the elect this morning. We have this deep desire within us, a thirst that needs quenching. And we know that it's for the water of God, but it's also for the light of God. It's a seed that has life within itself, but it needs quickening like a seed that's laying out in, in under the ground. You know, light is something that directs botany life. If we talk about it in the natural, when the sun shines upon the ground, then the, the life that is in the seed begins to germinate. And the light shows the way to the plants. You know, plants don't just germinate and then grow any direction. They grow towards the light. Is that right? And even if you put something on top, you know, Brother Branham talks about if you put a slab of concrete down, he says, where is the grass the thickest? He says it's at the edges of the concrete because there's life under there. And the light is shining and, and the heat is germinating those seeds and the seeds are seeking the light. 
And even though we were born in sin, we were born seeking the light. We didn't know we were seeking the light. We didn't understand what it was that was driving us. We didn't know what was making us different from other people. Can you say amen to that? Now, many of you were born in message church, in a message church, born in message homes. And so you, you, you gained from a young age a little bit of the understanding of life. But those of us that were not born under the message of the hour, those of us that were not born hearing message preachers, that maybe were in the world or were in denomination, there was something on the inside, no different than you that were born in the message, that was seeking truth. But we didn't know it as truth. We just knew we're not happy. We're not satisfied. There's got to be something more. We, we maybe could say we believe there was a God, but where was this God? We believe there was an absolute, but where was the absolute? We believe that there was light somewhere, but what is the way of light? How do we find this light? And how does this light find us? We know when Jesus went by the way of Samaria, that no doubt that predestinated seed in that little woman was crying out. You know, there was many, as Brother Branham said, that never caught it. The Pharisees, the priests, the different ones. When the light was shining, they never caught it. But this little woman, when the light came by her way, that which the seed was looking for struck the seed. And the seed came to life. And the, and the cloudiness or the darkness of her life began to dissipate because the light of the word had come to the seed. Amen. Listen, it's not some kind of an intellectual light. Can you say amen to that? It's not to stimulate our intellect. It's not to give us a little bit of knowledge. But it's to quicken a predestinated seed. And many times... Beyond our understanding, there is a way of light. You know, the Bible records in Matthew chapter 4. It says, after leaving Nazareth, that Jesus dwelt in Capernaum, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, the land of Zebulon and the land of Nephthalim, by the way of the sea beyond Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people which sat in darkness saw great light. Why was that scripture fulfilled? Because Jesus moved from Nazareth to Capernaum. Is that right? He came and changed his location. Light came into Capernaum. Now, not all of Capernaum was saved. The light doesn't come to quicken all the soil. The light comes only to quicken the soil that contains the seed. Amen. And so those that contained the seed were quickened as they saw the light. It says to them that sat in the region and the shadow of death, light is sprung up. And from that time, Jesus began to preach and say, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. He comes as light to our darkness. To say, follow thou me. Follow me. There's darkness and in darkness you don't know the way. But light comes to show the way. And say now, follow me. As he said to Peter, what is that to thee? Follow thou me. David writes about it. He says, yea, though I walk. 
through the valley of the shadow of death. That's where we're walking. All of us. We experience it in different ways. And yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me. As long as he's leading the way, we don't need to fear anything. As long as he's the one that's in control. As long as we have committed ourselves to him, we'll fear no evil. If I'm trusting in myself, I'll be scared. If I'm trusting in the government, I'll surely be scared. If I'm trusting in a man or a church or something, I'll be scared. But if I'm trusting in him. See, if I trust in a man, the man might fail. If I trust in a church, the church might fail. If I trust in a government, it'll surely fail. No matter what, many things will fail. But if we trust him, we will fear no evil. It doesn't say we won't see evil. Because we're walking in the valley of the shadow of death. We'll see things that we don't want to see. We'll experience things that we don't want to experience. But we won't fear them. Because thou art with me. Thy rod, thy staff, they comfort me. There is a comfort in the midst of this valley that's full of shadows. And of course, Brother Branham said, and I'm just starting slowly this morning. Brother Branham said, you can't have a shadow unless you have light. And so it's light that hits an object that creates a shadow. And so there's many things that interfere with light that create shadows. Now, God challenges Job on darkness. He challenges him right at the beginning of the chapter as we read, as he answers him out of the whirlwind. Listen, God never speaks without a purpose. God doesn't just hold a conversation like we do. How you doing? How's your day? How's it going with you? Everything fine? You know, everything good? You're just trying to introduce a channel of communication. God doesn't do that. God gets right to the point. God just speaks. And he has a purpose when he speaks. He has an object. And and when God speaks to you uh, as he's speaking to Job here. Now listen, God can minister to us in many ways. All right? He can can minister to us as we read the word. He can minister to us and give us inspiration even while we're in service or while we're listening to the preaching and or while we are uh perhaps uh uh in prayer together or alone in our prayer closet and there's many ways that god ministers to us but now this particular chapter this is not just ministering this is not job just getting inspiration now a whirlwind comes down Now, when God comes in his person, as Brother Branham said, when God comes in the whirlwind, he says, Brother Branham said it's to Brother Biscoe, he says, it's like every time I could die. You know, it's it's a presence that's beyond just... uh, beyond just inspiration. Many times people say, God spoke to me and they get excited. Or God, God uh, told me this or told me that. And they get all excited and thrilled and all those kind of things. You know, God can drop a word into a person's heart. And I don't deny that it's God. And if it's God, it will come to pass. Amen. It will definitely come to pass if it's God. But on the other hand, when God comes down in his person, clothed with a whirlwind, and speaks something that you know it's the voice of God, I'll just say it this way. You know the location. You remember it the rest of your life. You know exactly where you were and you know exactly what he said. 
and it's ingrained upon your mind and that's to me that's what God is speaking to Job here this is not just God revealing something to him God pointing him to some scripture God pointing him to something no this is now God directly speaking Job I want to as God comes down in the whirlwind and he says who is this that darkens counsel by words without knowledge words without knowledge when God speaks it's always light but words without knowledge create darkness okay I want you to catch that now there are things in life that happen that we just don't understand can you say amen to that there are things that take place that that we just don't have answers for. Uh, that's just the way this life is. And sometimes it's things that are best left unsaid in those times. Sometimes it's better to say nothing than to say something wrong. Or to say something, I'll say, superfluous. Or just maybe trite. Trying to, you know, be someone that says something. There's sometimes you just don't say that. It reminded me as I was pondering on this of the little story. You've probably heard it. But about, you know, the little boy whose neighbor was an older man and lived with his wife many, many years but lost his wife. And the little boy went over to the neighbor's house and the mother saw him go and sit beside the neighbor. And after a while, came home. And uh, he, she asked him, she says, well, well what, did, what did you talk about? And the, the little boy says, well, we didn't talk about anything. He says, I just helped him cry. I just helped him cry. You know, sometimes that's all that's necessary. You know, death hurts. It hurts those that are left behind. We appreciate the... Dodd family and what they're going through the loss of uh, Sister Sally doesn't matter that we know she's in heaven we know she served the Lord Jesus Christ she's gone on to be with her reward and she's with her beloved Edwin and so we 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 praise God for her but for the family the children Sister Sally the grandchildren it's not easy sometimes it brings tears Amen. I was thinking of you, Sister Diaz, and what you went through. and It's not easy. I don't know if this is appropriate to say over the pulpit. I often say it in person. Death sucks. That's, that's just as straight as I can say it. Death is not the way it was meant to be. We have in this life battles that we fight. We don't run from them. Can you say amen to that? Am I talking to warriors this morning? We don't run from them. We have, we have family situations. We don't run from them. We have individual situations. We don't run away from them. Because the word has given us the way of light. We're not confused as the world is that walks in darkness. 
and says, I don't know what I should do, or I don't know. Because even as the bride of Jesus Christ, we have one promise, or we have one statement that we can stand on. And if we don't know what to do, we stand still until we know what to do. The bride has, thus saith the Lord, or she stands still. Amen. So she has the light or she stands still until the light comes. It's a, it's a reality to her. And, and, and many of the things that, that, we, uh, that we experience, that's what we do in life. We wait for the light to come because we've seen the light. We've seen the light. We've seen God move in this situation. We've seen God move in that situation. We've seen him take control of situations. We've seen souls supernaturally get delivered. We've seen loved ones come in. And, and when we see the loved ones of other families come in, it encourages our hearts to say, I'm believing the same as they're believing. Amen. I'm holding on the same as they're holding on. God is going to move and God is going to fulfill his word. And, but we're not fearful of it. I will fear no evil. Amen. We're not scared. I, I had a brother uh, the other day uh, ask me uh, uh, about some of my own children that are not where they ought to be. And I said to him, I says, you help. I says, I'm believing for them and I believe God won't lose one. And I'm not fearful. I am not fear. I refuse to fear the tactics of the devil. I refuse to go along with his ideas. We might have someone that's close to us that's out there in the world. Fear is not in our vocabulary. I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff. Yes, I'm walking through the valley of the shadow of death. There's death on every hand. There's bad things happening. There's people that are becoming clouded over and have become clouded over. But I walk in a light that is able to cut through the darkness. I walk in a light that will pierce every shadow. I walk in a light that is able to deliver, that is able to quicken. Hallelujah. It quickened my soul. It will quicken their soul. It will quicken your soul. Hallelujah. This powerful light that we're walking in, the way of light. Oh, I'm glad he introduced us to the way of light. I'm so happy to walk in the way of light. Amen. Sister Charity shared the testimony this morning. She shared with me uh, before I came. She says, I want to be coming up for prayer. And she said, over the last few months, my eyes have been giving me a lot of trouble, really hurting. She said, my eyes were dry and would no longer water or wash anything out of them by themselves. Every time I blinked, it was like I was rubbing a dry, coarse hand over my eyes. They got so bad that a lot of days it hurt so much I didn't want to open them. Even when they were closed, they would hurt because they were so dry. He said, she said, the white parts of my eyes were bloodshot. And a, a brownish, yellow something was starting to cover the white parts of my eyes anyway. says, a lot of time my vision was foggy and blurry. I just wanted to share some of these details with you. It used to hurt uh, to use my eyes at all. I even tried eye drops, etc., etc. He says, she says, but last Sunday... Hallelujah. The light came to my eyes. God opened my eyes. The mighty deliverer came down and set me free. Glory to the name of Jesus Christ. He's a wonderful deliverer. He came by her way. 
Amen. It doesn't matter how you believe, where you believe, when you really believe, Jesus comes by your way. Hallelujah. Don't you love him this morning? Amen. Amen. I hope you don't mind if I preach a little bit. So Job, and you can read it later, but 38, uh, God speaks to Job. But then in 42, Job speaks back to God. And then Job answered the Lord and said, I know thou canst do everything and that no thought can be withholden from thee. Do you know that? He knows your every thought. He's a discerner of the thoughts and intents of every heart. Then he goes on. He repeats those words. Job says, Who is he that hideth counsel without knowledge? Therefore have I uttered that I understood not. Things too wonderful for me, which I knew not. He says, Here I beseech thee, and I will speak. I will demand of thee, and declare thou unto me. Then he says this, I have heard of thee, By the hearing of the ear. But now mine eyes see thee. Hallelujah. I've heard of you. I had wisdom. I knew certain things. Many things which I didn't fully understand. And actually by saying some things I ought not to have said in the way that I said them. I actually darkened counsel. That's why even we ought not to even say things about the kingdom of God. Unless we really know what we're talking about. Brother Branham says, you know, even a statement that always troubled me was the statement that Brother Branham said, you should never go on the mission field unless you know what you're talking about because witch doctors will challenge you. And being on the field, I always thought, Lord, I hope I know what I'm talking about. I really do. And then came the one time in Uganda that one, one of the big witch doctors was sitting right in the service and I didn't even know it. And he began to call on his spirits. And he began to call on his enchantments. And he sat there totally impotent. Because the mighty God was present in the service. And he thought, what is this? What is this that I've come in contact to? I've never known to be defeated by Christianity. But this wasn't just Christianity. The light of God was shining in Uganda. Amen. And God came down into that service and gripped his heart till even the the spirits that he once was familiar with would have nothing to do with him anymore. He left the service and tried to call on them and they wouldn't come. And he tried to use all his enchantment and it wouldn't work till finally he goes to Brother Fred and says, listen, he says, I don't know what you guys believe, but I want to believe it too. Hallelujah. And he was glorious, delivered, burned all. I got the video of them burning his his uh, witchcraft devices and things and, and the fire going up and everything as they just gave it all, as he just gave it all to God. And the mighty God came down and he was gloriously baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Who does that? That's not a man. That's supernatural light that shines into a life that there's been a a predestinated seed been darkened over by witchcraft, been darkened over by the devices of man, but light shone into that darkness. 
Hallelujah. Light shone into that soul just like it shines into your soul. You say, oh, Brother Tim, you don't know what I'm going through. I'll tell you what. If he can deliver that witch doctor, he can deliver you. Let light shine down to your soul. Let him have the preeminence. Open up your heart today and say, Lord, drive out the darkness out of my life. Drive out all of this cloudiness. Drive out the uncertainty. Come on. Drive out the uncertainty, Lord. Let your light show so shine into my soul that when I leave the service, all I'll see is God. Because you're walking in the way of light. Hallelujah. I, I can get excited and preach it, but it doesn't have to be excitement. Just in the stillness of the moment. Just let God illuminate you. Just acknowledge, Lord, there's this little bit of darkness in me. And I'm wrestling with it. Lord, let the light this morning quicken me. Lord, burn out every darkness. Because when light comes in, darkness has to flee. It's not a matter of something additional. All you need is light. And when that light comes in and, and just takes up, maybe Brother Brown talks about a door, doors within a door. He said different doors of our life. We let, we let different things. But there might be a dark closet somewhere in our life, in your life. And you might just be able to say, well, you know, I've never really let the light shine in there. I think it's time to open the door. I think it's time to let the light of God just illuminate every area of our lives. Can we say amen to that? So Job, you know, it's, it's incredible because Job had to recognize. He says, I have heard of you by the hearing of the ear, but now my eyes seeth thee. He says, wherefore I abhor myself. And repent in dust and ashes. You know, when all of the comforters, as we call them, all of the counselors were speaking to Job. Job was, how, how can I say? I don't know if contentious is the right word. But Job withstood them and said, no, I know I've made the provided sacrifice. I know I've done what's right. I know all of those things. And Job had done what was right according to the revelation that he had. But now when God speaks directly to him, now he realizes I didn't have all revelation. As a matter of fact, he did not have the revelation of the resurrection. Hello? He did not understand that Though the skin worms destroy this body, yet in my flesh I shall see God. He, he, he wrestled with the very subject of life as he's living in the valley of the shadow of death. And he sees a tree dies, it comes back again. A flower dies, it comes back again. But a man dies and you never see him again. And so he's, he, he's, he's trying to understand. You, under, you understand? <laughs> He's trying to catch it now. He's, he doesn't really catch it because the gospel is about resurrection. But resurrection is a revelation. It's not just an understanding. And so Job, as he began to wait and wait 
and wait for the voice of God. It's still that predestinated seed saying, there's something more I need. Have you ever been that way, you long-time believers? Where you've walked with God, it's like, there's something more. There's still more. You know, we serve an infinite God. We serve a God that is omniscient, that is omnipotent, that is infinite, and there's no limit to him. So as long as we're in these limited bodies, we will always say, I need more of God. Uh, if we're a real believer, there's something inside that will say, there's got to be something more. Even until these bodies change. And then what the Bible says, we'll know him even as we're known. But we're going down uh, a different road than that this morning. But Job at least recognized. He says, I, I realize that I had darkened counsel without knowledge. I had said things without full understanding. I had walked in things that I thought was the light, but it was only partial light. Or it was a shadow. There was something blocking part of the light. And and, and so I, he, the Bible says he, he repented. He abhorred himself and repented in, in dust and in ashes. He, he just said, you know what? I realize this great light that's shining on my life right now is the supreme light. It's something that I want to give myself to. You have to understand, you understand where I'm coming from. You know Job. Job was said to be one of the wisest men in the world. In the world. And so now he comes into the presence of God. And he just humbles himself and says, oh God. When I realize now in your presence, there's so much I do not know. That's the reality of meeting God. When you come into the presence of God, you realize, I thought I knew so much, but really I know so little. And it took revelation to bring him to the understanding of his lack of understanding. Until the time of revelation, the things of God are only probed at. You know, Brother Branham talked about it down through the ages. And he says, you know, the mysteries that were hidden for the last days, he says, men probed at them. They said things about if you read the uh, historical commentaries of other ages, and I don't advise you spend a lot of time on them, but if, if you happen to look at something and, and somebody maybe from the man age or before that, and they're looking at something that is to be revealed in the day that we're living in, you realize how little revelation they had on the subject but what they said they knew and so really they were if somebody would go back and take that as an absolute brother brown talked about it in the seals and he said you know i was i didn't know what i was going to preach on the seals he says so i was looking again at the writings of i think it was uriah smith is that right uriah smith and so he was looking back at what the seventh day adventist had studied on it and he says as far as i was concerned that was some of the best teaching that was out there and so he began to uh study and prepare for the services of the seven seals as god was going to open the seven seals now it was not just i believe with all my heart it was not just god having a series of meetings on the seals i i in my heart of hearts believe it was the lamb taking the book in reality form 
and bringing it down to the messenger in this hour. There had to be that book come down because while this happens, the seventh messenger has to be on the earth because God will do nothing but he reveals his secrets to his servants, the prophets. And so God has to have a prophet here. If God is going to do something in heaven, he has to have someone here to see it or it has no impact here. Or nobody can catch the revelation of what has happened. But there was a prophet here. Hallelujah. There was a vindicated prophet here. There was a man that could catch what God is doing. And that man catching what God is doing, he, 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 he says, I was about to, you know, I had some notes from Uriah Smith and things. He says, I would have been so wrong, but he came to me. Hallelujah. What happened? Light came into the room. Light came to the word of God. And the white horse rider, which he thought was Christ, he all of a sudden realized it was actually the devil in disguise. He had a bow, but no arrows. He was going about pretending to be so innocent in his white form, but really it was a Nicolaitan spirit that was trying to get a hold of people in the church, was trying to drag them away from the word of God, was trying to take them away from the love of the word of God. Because you left your first love, I have somewhat against you. And so Brother Branham just began to speak those things. Why? Because light had come. Hallelujah. The darkness fled away from the word of God. See the darkness on the word of God? It was shadowed until the time that light could come. And then when light comes, we have to say the children of light rejoice in the light. Hallelujah. We rejoice in our message just the same as they did in Luther. Luther had a message. He preached Christ. But he had a message to that age. And light came to the word of God that had gone through the dark ages, as we call it. And had hidden the truth of the word. The just shall live by faith. But one day a monk was reading the word of God. And he began to come across that passage and something happened. Come This is not natural, saints. This is supernatural. This is not a little thing. That light striking that scripture took a man and put him in position that revolutionized the entire world. Broke the power of the Catholic Church. Created a Protestant move. There were other men that tried in previous ages to break away, but the light had not shone yet. But now in Luther's time, the light came to the word. And it loosed them from the power of the Catholic Church. Hallelujah. I hope you enjoy these things. This is our word. This is our message. This is what life is about. This isn't something that some philosophy. I happen to believe Brother Branham preached things because we needed to hear them. That's my idea. I don't think he preached things that just kind of, oh, well, you know, that's not for the church. No, it's for the church. It's all for the church in in its entirety. Hallelujah. But we're living in the last days. Are you still here? I'm sorry. I I just get. I'll tell you, you take a breath. Had someone tell me this week, Brother Tim, sometimes you say so much, we have to go back and listen to it again and again. And I'm like, I'm sorry. 
I only have limited services. Some of the brothers speak more, and so I just got to cram it all into one sometimes. So forgive me. It's just just the way it is. But we're living in an age we call it the last age, the last days, the end time message, the end time. We're living in an age that goes into total darkness. Total darkness in this hour. And the light is focused on the bride alone. But the world, the age, Laodicea, goes into total darkness. Or let me say this, goes into a total lack of light. Or goes into a total lack of understanding. That's the age we're living in. Don't expect the world to figure it out. They've gone into darkness. Don't expect their decisions to be very good. They're walking in darkness. They, they, it's, it's foolishness. What they, they, They're looking for answers in darkness. You will never find answers in darkness. And they're, they're trying to make out the darkness to be light. And the Bible even talks about that. They make darkness to light and light for dark. Excuse me, darkness. But in, in calling what they have light, they're actually spreading more darkness. They're actually clouding the world over more and more. And we know the scripture that says, Arise and shine, for thy light is come. And the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. It's the text for the message, Shalom, that Brother Branham preached. And, and, uh, but it goes on to say, For behold, darkness shall cover the earth. And gross darkness the people, but the Lord shall arise upon thee, and his glory shall be seen upon thee. Amen. That's a precious promise to us. Brother Branham in the message, Shalom, he goes into the darkness. And allow me just a few minutes to just take you through this. Is that okay? And he, and he takes from the message, in the, while he's in the message, Shalom, and he begins to break down some of these things. And I think you'll recognize them as I read them. And he talks about, you know, crisscrossing the nation. And he says, uh, God just vindicating the ministry. I'm paraphrasing here before I get to where I want to start. And he says, you know, speaking things right into existence and different things. He says, and people sit and look at it. And continue right on in their same condition. Okay. He says. Now quote. He says. See. Not disregarding. But like our sisters. Many times. When I speak to them about wearing those clothes. And cutting their hair. And little things. Now brother. Now. As I read this too. I want you to remember. This man is walking in the way of light. He's not saying this to be kind of legalistic or something. This is not some kind of standard in the church. This is the way of light. And so as he's describing this, he says, many times I speak to them about wearing those clothes, cutting their hair and little things. And men, how they'll continue on into their creeds. And serve under those creeds and things. Then he says, they're good people. They're fine people. But yet it seems like they can't understand. See, darkness 
counsel by words without knowledge. He says they can't understand. Looks like they can't get it. Why I go back next year instead of it being better, it's worse. It says here's a sister once had lovely long hair. She cut it off. Here's a man that once looked like he took a stand and went for the right thing. And he's right back like a dog to its mom and a hog to its wallow. He says they don't seem to have the understanding or there's something wrong. He says just notice men today. He says you don't find that genuineness in men. And you don't find it in women. Can you say amen to that? He says, you notice the women on our day don't seem to have that lady light they once had. Sounds like he's living in our day. He says they, they want to, but there's something won't let them do that. It seems like there's a heaviness. You tell a lady that she shouldn't do such and such a thing. And the lady looks upon that. And believes that. She wants to believe that. But there's something that presses her to the other way. He says, poor thing, I feel sorry for her. She's so caught in such a web of Hollywood. Now he's talking about the darkness now. He says, she's caught in a web of Hollywood. And the advertisements in the internet. I'm sorry, in television. Radio. Newspaper. And on the street and in the store windows with modern dress and so forth and the way that other women meet her. Oh, now he's describing, he's, he's laying out for us the way of darkness or the place of darkness. And he says the woman, she'll, she'll look at uh, Hollywood, says she'll look at advertisements, she'll hear radio, she'll see newspapers, then he goes further, on the street... Where's the darkness? In the store windows? Modern dress and so forth? Where's the darkness? He says, and other women that meet her. That woman, that other woman with that worldly attire and worldly attitude and the worldly ideas, she's walking in darkness. Hello? She's not walking in the way of light, sisters. Young sisters especially. You know, you go to school, you have friends, they're in darkness. I'm not trying to make anybody, I'm not trying to write anybody off. I'm saying they're in the place of darkness. You might say, well, I don't look at Hollywood or I don't look at, at, at advertisements or I'm not on the, in the stores looking at those kind of things or the newspapers or whatever. But the person you meet is in those things. And the one that you hang around with is in those things. And they're, they're exuding the darkness. And all the devil wants to do is to take that darkness and put it on a believer. He wants to cloud over a believer who God has ordained to walk in the way of light. Amen. My wife, she was, uh, she was up north and, and, and with me uh, at Easter time. We were in Grand Prairie. I'm not, I'm not sure if I shared this over the pulpit. Maybe I did. But, uh, you know, we were in the breakfast room at the hotel one, about the only week they actually had a hot breakfast. They went back to a bag breakfast the week after that. And, uh, and so they were, uh, we were enjoying the breakfast and, and we had the little ones there and my wife was there and there's another woman there that had obviously long hair, but she was wearing those yoga pants, I think you call them. And, uh, and, and she had her daughter there, an older woman and, and a daughter that was maybe in her twenties, maybe early thirties. 
And so they were sitting there and, and we got up to leave. We crossed paths and we were just leaving. And she said, oh, how are you doing? And she says, what, what are you doing here? And I, I said, well, I'm just visiting friends, visiting P- Christians that are here in town. I don't always say I'm a minister because that all opens up another line of conversation, as any minister knows. And she says, oh, she says, uh, well, actually, she says, even though she didn't know I was a minister, she says, my son is a minister in this town. And I said, oh, is that right? And she, and she says, yeah, he's, uh, he's a minister at uh, Apostolic Lighthouse, I think the name of the church is, which I know the church, and I've talked to people in that church before. And, and I knew it was a, a, what they call United Pentecostal Church, which is a holiness or used to be a holiness church. And then she all of a sudden became convicted and said, you know, I don't always dress like this. Why? Because light was standing there. And the darkness began to pull back. And my wife was preaching to her without saying a word. And she no doubt noticed my wife was in a skirt, which their church used to stand for. Uh, I don't know if they still claim to. And all of the holiness ways. But now she, she all of a sudden, she had, been, she had become obviously clouded over somehow. Hello? So, oh, it never happened to me. She became clouded over. Why? I don't know why, but she, she, her own son was a preacher of holiness. And she now, uh, professing that, you know, that was her way and there was her and her daughter in a, in a worldly way, perhaps because her daughter was worldly, she became worldly like her daughter to try and gain friendship or something instead of living a testimony. And standing for what's right and walking in the way of light so that when her child, which is away from God, might come to her, she will also come to the light. I know I, I'll, get, I'll, I'll get into a little bit about how the message is light, but, but let me just say, sometimes God gives you a light. He expects you to walk in that light. He doesn't say, I give you a light to put in your pocket. You're not a candle that's hidden under a bushel. You know, a, a city uh, that is set on the hill cannot be hidden. You know, it sheds its light abroad. What, what takes place? God's giving you his light that you might walk in his light, that you might declare the light of God and not become clouded by the darkness that is out there. I'm just, I'm just preaching on this. I hope this is okay. Everybody okay there in Cloverdale? Amen. God bless you. I can hear you. I can see you there. Amen. Let me go on. It says there seems to be something among men. Men don't seem to have that masculine touch they used to have. Well, that got quiet all of a sudden. Men don't seem to have that masculine touch the way they used to have. Women don't have the feminine touch she used to have. You take men today, men don't seem to be burly like they used to be. Maybe it's because some people don't want them to be burly. Like Hollywood and so forth. Men today, men don't seem to be burly like they used to be. Men don't seem to be real men. I'll go on here. He said he talks about they want to wear suede shoes with purple. I have to confess when I was young, I had a pair of purple suede shoes. 
got rid of them when I came into the message. He says they want to act like women. Really? We call it transgender. Brother Ram says they want to act like women. He says it seems to be more or less like a perversion. That describes it. He says a woman wants to cut off her hair and act like a man. And a man wants to act like a woman. Sounds like our day. He says, and yet you can talk to them and they're nice people to talk to. Nice people, friendly, sociable people. He says, what's caused this? It's that gross darkness upon the people. It's something that has pressed them into it. Amen. And then I'll skip somebody says, that's the gross darkness that's upon the churches and things today. To fail to see the light that's shining. He says some of the noted evangelists today, they're constantly screaming for revival and working right against it. Not understanding. He says, without understanding. So now catch what he's saying here. The very thing that God was admonishing Job, words without understanding. Words without knowledge. He says they're evangelists. They're looking for revival. They're trying to bring revival in the churches, but they're not doing it the right way. He talked about it with Shreveport, and he said, you know, they always got something about in their magazine, fast pray, fast pray, fast pray, but they're missing what God is doing. The light is going right through their midst. I'm sure in Jesus' time as he walked the streets of Capernaum, there were priests, there were, there were preachers in the synagogues, whatever more, uh, that, that were preaching against worldliness. They were preaching about the law of Moses. They were talking about coming back to God. But there was God walking right in their midst. And God has said in his word, rise and shine, your light has come. And the glory of the Lord has risen upon this message. This is not something we're looking forward to. This is here. Walk in this light. Amen. I better finish this quote. He says, I don't say that in the motive of trying to say now we've seen this and the glory of God. They're not in it. I'm not trying to say that to get people to think, well, Brother Branham, you've got the only truth there is in the world. No, that is wrong. See? we stop there we might get a misunderstanding but he says i'm only saying it in the light of the hour that we're walking in hallelujah he says i'm only saying that now me saying that might make you think well this message is the only thing they're in no i'm declaring that light has come walk in the light I'm declaring that God has opened his word. Walk in this opening. I'm declaring that the mystery has been finished. Walk in these revealed mysteries. Amen. I'm declaring that God has turned a corner. Walk with God. I will fear no evil for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. He says, I'm only saying it's the light of the hour that we're walking in. And for the benefit of people, we are trying to seek this light. Jesus said, no man can come to me except the Father draws him. No man will never see it. It's the predestinated seed and that only is going to see it. But we've come to that place again. 
Hallelujah. We have come to that place. Listen, I'm not too worried about the darkness or somebody in the darkness shouting against the light. That's none of my business. But I'll tell you one thing. As the song says, praise the Lord. I saw the light. I saw the light. No more in darkness. I saw the light. Amen. The way of light, the place of revelation, the place of the revealing of the very person of God in Jesus Christ. The revealing of himself in you, the revealing of himself through you. This is the way of light. This is the way of God's doing it. It's not a question of arguing about right and wrong. God has sent the light. When the woman at the well received the light, the light struck the seed. She ran into the city. She wasn't worried about church. She wasn't worried about, uh, you know, I'll just say it this way. She wasn't worried about borders. She wasn't worried about going here or going there. She wasn't worried about, you know, who she'd associate with. She wasn't worried about who would listen to her or wouldn't listen to her. She just said, come see a man that told me all things. Come see a message that gave me the answers. I was lost. I was in darkness. I couldn't find it. But the light came by my way. Light struck my seed. And now I am free. And I can walk in this light. And of course, as we walk in the light as he's in the light, then we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. Jesus laid it out to the Jews. He says in John 8, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. Chapter 11, he says, Are there not twelve hours in the day? If any man walk in the day, he stumbleth not, because he seeth the light of this world. But if a man walk in the night, he stumbles, because there's no light in him. Jesus is tying it to the world. To blind their eyes. Why is he talking about day and night? No, he says, if you'd have listened to the entire message, you'd have heard him say, I am the light of the world. But now they just listen to a portion. He says, well, day, night, light, darkness. Yeah, we know that. Okay, yeah. We'll walk during the 12 hours of the day. No, no, that's not what he's saying. He says, the light has come. Walk while you have light. Chapter 12, he says, yet a little while the light is with you. Walk while you have light lest darkness come upon you. Amen. He says, For he that walketh in darkness knoweth not whether he goeth. While you have light, believe in the light that you may be the children of light. While you have light, believe in the light that you may be the children of light. Because only the children of light can believe in the light. When God brings this message by your way, God brought this message by my way in 1983. I I was sharing with some people this week. We had already decided, my wife and I, no sense going to the church we were going to because it's not really doing anything for us. We'll just kind of, I don't know, serve God on our own. We didn't know what we were going to do. We just thought, you know, we're not getting nothing here. We're hearing the same old, same old repeated over and over. And it wasn't doing anything in our lives. So we said, you know what? I think we're kind of done with this church. But it was God working on us. 
pointing out certain things that weren't there. It's like one time I I was visiting with some nieces and told them that I went to Bible school. Oh, you did? Yeah, I says I went four days. And four days, they said, why did you only go four days? I said, well, I was looking for something. I didn't find it. They said, well, what were you looking for? I said, I was looking for God. And I didn't find him there. So I left. It became very real to me very quickly. But one day, the light came by my way. While I knew what darkness was, I knew there was darkness in denomination. I knew there was darkness in the world. I knew there was darkness in my life. I knew a lot of darkness and I knew it quite well, but I didn't know light. Because you can't find light, light finds you. Hallelujah. And I'm so glad that one day, as I was there in a little town in the Okanagan, Brother Mark Matul and, and was working with the police had just come into the message. Could he explain the message to me? No, he couldn't. But light had come by his way. And when he simply told me what God had showed him about the original sin, then light came by my way. Hallelujah. While you have light, believe in the light. God speaks something to you, hold on to it. Like the woman at the well, just take it. You might say, well, I, I don't understand everything Brother Tim understands or Brother Tom understands or Brother Biscoe understands. I, I, I don't see certain things the way they see it. Listen, if God has spoken to you, hold on to that light. If he sends light by your way, just hang on to that. And just say, Lord, I'll hold on to this until you give me some more. And I'll keep walking in this while you keep directing me. There may be still many shadows of death around me, but I'm going to walk in the light as you give me the light. You know, Brother Branham said in 1962, conflict between God and Satan, he says, As it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the coming of the Son of Man. Right against wrong. Light against dark. Life against death. The word against science. He's talking about the way of light and the place of darkness. And he says, this is the way it is. He says, right and wrong, light and dark, life and death, word and science. He says, you can't, they're not both light. One is light and one is darkness. And, and, you know, I'm I'm not trying to condemn anybody, but Brother uh, uh, Brother Branham, Brother Brown said it too, but Jesus said it originally in John 3. He said, this is the condemnation that light came into the world and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. And, and I'm about done talking about darkness, but I just want to say that, that the age that we're living in has gone into total darkness, but you have been given light. Hallelujah. I've been given light that I might walk in the light. And so I realize as I'm walking in the light and I see the world in darkness, I see the government in darkness. What is that to thee? Follow thou me. As I see science in darkness and obvious error, what is that to thee? Follow thou me. I'll even talk about vaccinations. I was talking about brother to vaccinations this week. And, and you, you walk in your own light on vaccination. It doesn't matter. It make any difference to me. I told him, listen, I'm vaccinated because I need to travel. 
I says, if I didn't need to travel, I'm not scared of this virus. I am not going a day before I need to go. Matter of fact, I'll share this with you now. I'm not going to share that with you now. I'll share that with you another time. But nevertheless, I, so I got my shots and, and, and all of those kind of things. And, and, and I don't really care about it. But, but I said to a brother, I says, you know what? There might be something wrong with the vaccine. I don't know. I hope there isn't. And everybody that's been vaccinated says amen. <laughs> I hope there's nothing wrong with this vaccine. vaccine but I don't trust in science. I trust in God. And if they say I need this vaccine to get across in the United States and come back into Canada and not have to quarantine, I'd say, Lord, I'm doing it for you. I'm not doing it for the government. I'm not doing it because I'm worried. The Lord knows I'm not, I'm not worried. My wife sometimes gets scared that I'm never scared. You know, and, and, and she, don't you fear anything? There's nothing in this world that makes me scared. That's not the point. We're not scared of the virus. I'm going to go the day God takes me home. Not a day before, not a day later. When God determines it's time for me to go home, that's when I'm going home. And I don't want to linger. I said, I told my wife, just pull the plug. Okay. If it's God's time to take me home, I want to go. I realize it's hard on people that are left behind. I realize it's difficult here. But saints, we have another land. We have a greater promise. We have the promise of a resurrection. You will see your loved ones again. Hallelujah. You will be with them on the other side where they're saying, just press the battle. Press the battle. Just keep going forward. I'm going to meet you on the other side. When Brother Branham was in the dream and saw his daughter at the covered wagon and all the broken wheel and all the things that those things represent, you know, she says, I'm your daughter, Sharon Rose. And he says, how could you be? My daughter was a baby. She says, over here, it's not like that. She says, good. Your your mom's waiting for you up at the mansion. And it's a dream, so it's in symbol form. And and so he he goes over there to the mansion. He says, Branham's never have a mansion. He says, and there he found his chair. And all kinds of things. He said, God was showing him. He says, don't worry about what you lost on that side. What is that to thee? Follow thou me. We're going to a land beyond the river. We're going to the great forever. We're going into a place where this world means nothing. And if it's God's will for me to stay here, I'm going to stay and fight the devil every day of my life. Even if some days I feel defeated. I'm going to get up and fight again. Because there's something in me. That's been quickened. There's a light that when darkness comes all around me and, and tries to shadow me in and tries to hide everything and it makes me look. It's usually Monday after we preach, right? And, and you know, it makes you tell you don't know nothing and you don't, you made so many mistakes and you could have done that better and, you know, you're just worthless and all of those kind of things. And something in me says, but you know what? I think somebody was blessed. And that's usually the time that I get a text or something. Say, oh, Brother Tim, that was such a great service. And I'm tempted to reply, you liar. But I realize that's just my opinion, right? Or actually, that's just the devil's opinion. You know, God uses his servants. God uses his services. God uses all of these things because we're walking in the light. And we will fear no evil. 
Even though there's evil on this side and there's evil on that side, I will fear no evil for thou art with me. What is that to thee? Follow thou me. So I said to the Lord, I said, I'm getting this vaccine for you, Lord. If you want me to travel to Africa, then I'm vaccinated. Because I've got to be vaccinated to travel. If you want to travel to the United States, you want me to travel wherever, I'm doing it for you, Lord. Not for me. I could care less about this virus. But Lord, if I need this vaccine to do something for you, then I believe, Lord, if there's something wrong with the vaccine, you're the healer that's even able to override the vaccine. You believe that? He's your healer. He's our provider. All of those things. Amen. Well, I'm coming down to the time of closing. But I'm not coming down to the end of my notes. So something's not lining up here. Praise the Lord. You know, it's not easy to preach on the field to your own people. Who already heard everything you preached. And so I'm studying for several days just waiting on the Lord. Usually when I'm overseas, I know they haven't heard anything I preached. So whatever the Lord leads me to preach, I can just grab some old notes and just go at her. You know, maybe God will add some things to it and whatever more, just as according as the Lord would lead. But I can't do that here, Brother Mark. And so we just look to the Lord for every service and trust that it's a blessing. So you, you pray for us. Amen. And so being on the field and preaching to your own people is a different experience. And nevertheless... We're walking in the light. Aren't you glad for that? What a message. What a message. We're walking in the light. Paul says in Galatians, he, he terms it as walking in the spirit and calls it many places in the New Testament, walking in the spirit. The spirit is light. The spirit is Jesus Christ, which is love, which is life, which is light. And so he's, he says, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Then he goes through all of the things and, and lays it all out. The walk in the flesh versus the walk in the spirit, the fruit of the spirit. If you walk in the spirit, these are the things you'll have. Now, listen, as I, I'm trying to find a place to close here, I want you to catch this now. Because this is the age of the mind battle. God had to have a prophet preach greatest battle ever fought for you and for me. If you're if you try to say you're not having a mind battle, you just don't recognize it because the battle is in the mind. All right. That's where it is. But we don't walk around. Woe is me. I'm having a mind battle. We just admit we're all in the battle together and we walk in light. So now Paul says here, he says, if you're walking in the light, he says the fruit of the spirit is number one, love. There's nothing greater than having love. But he doesn't stop there. He says the fruit of the Spirit is joy. How many need some joy this morning? Walk in the light. There's joy there. He says the fruit of the Spirit is peace. Oh, praise the Lord, we all need peace this morning. We're living in an age full of turmoil. And if you... If you even just read a single news article, you'll think the world is falling apart and all those kind of things, which it is. I hate to tell you that. It is. But yet in the midst of it all, there's a people that are walking in the light and have access to peace.
peace. Long-suffering is part of it. Gentleness. That's certainly lost in this age. Goodness. Goodness. Faith. Meekness. We could all use a heavy dose of meekness. This is a proud, arrogant age. And we need a dose of meekness. And temperance. He says, all of these things, as you walk in the light, you will gain this fruit. Because light brings fruit. The fruit of the Spirit is all of these things. This gospel walk is not just believing God and trying to make it through. No, it's walking in the light. It's walking in the revelation. Job had to come to that, to where he recognized, oh, I've heard, but now I see. Something changed in his life. Not only did the disease leave him, the burden left him. Amen. The, 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 The terribleness of his trial left him. And he began to see everything had been done for a purpose. And that God is not the author of frustration. So the bride of Jesus Christ, he says... They that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and the lust thereof. Why don't you turn with me? Let's take a couple of scriptures before we close here. Take your Bibles and turn with me to the book of Romans. Romans chapter 6. Amen. The screen that I can see Cloverdale on here is not zoomed in enough. I can't tell who's sleeping and who isn't. So <laughs> praise the Lord. If you're awake over there, why don't you just raise your hand in Cloverdale? Praise the Lord. Amen. All right. That one's not awake and that one's not. All right. Praise the Lord. Good to have you this morning. And I realize now in Canada, they're going through what you went through in that they're streaming a service, even though they can have a full service, you see. And I know that's what you went through in here in the United States. So they're entering into what you've been in. And uh, we praise God. We're able to have a live service here. And we trust it. Bless you. I appreciate those saints in Cloverdale humbling themselves to my preaching, at least. Uh, to have a service on a screen, but the presence of the Lord is there, I'm sure. Romans chapter 6. Look at a couple of scriptures here and then we'll bring it to a close. Verse 4. Talking about baptism. Therefore we are buried with him by baptism. I was thinking about this. Many have been baptized recently. Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the father even so we also should walk in our old life no walk the way we used to walk no walk in newness of life The light has come by your way. You've been baptized, recognizing that you've died out to your old self. And now you've resurrected with the Lord Jesus Christ. As you have been raised by the Spirit, so also walk in the Spirit. All right, next page, chapter 7, verse 18. For I know that in me that is in my flesh dwelleth no good thing. For the will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good I find not. Now. Here he's talking about newness of life in chapter 6, baptism, death to ourselves. But now in chapter 7, he says, still in my flesh dwells no good thing. For the good I would, I do not, but the evil that I would not, that I do. Verse 20, now if I do that which I would not, it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. But I thought I was dead. But your body still contains a sinful nature. 
your flesh until it is changed. I find then a law that when I would do good, evil is present with me, for I delight in the law of God after the inward man. Verse 23, but I see another law in my members, worrying against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. Oh, wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? Or let me say it another way. Oh, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this great fight that I'm in? He says, I thank God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So then with the mind, I serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin over to chapter eight, verse one. There is therefore now no condemnation. To them which are in the light, in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, which lusts after darkness, but after the spirit, which is light and life. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. Let me say that again. You need to take that as a promise to yourself. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, the same spirit that raised up Jesus from the dead, if it dwell in you, what? It will quicken your mortal bodies. Amen. So there is now a quickening power that lays within the believer that makes me free from the law of sin and death. Amen. In other words, I cannot be brought under bondage to darkness anymore. Hallelujah, light dwells in me. I'm a walking lighthouse. I am a living, breathing, speaking testament of the light of God in this hour. And I will not be brought under the power of darkness in any way. I say amen to that. I'm not talking about Tim Dodd's revelation or anybody else's revelation. I'm talking about light. I cannot be brought under the power of darkness. I'm going to say it again until you say it. I will not be brought under the power of darkness. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil. For thou art with me. I'm walking with you Lord. Yes there's evil. There's evil on my job. There's evil in the guy next to me. There's evil on the highways. There's evil in the supermarkets. There's evil wherever we go. But I will not fear it because I cannot be brought under the power of it. Can you say amen to that? I'm a child of light this morning. I will not be brought under the power of darkness. Amen. For that, what the law could not do and that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin condemned sin in the flesh. That the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled. Let me stop there. I just feel just to say something here. Listen what he says here. Young men, young women, especially. God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, condemned sin in the flesh. What is he saying to you there? He's saying the flesh that we are so hindered by is not powerful enough. To overcome you. If your flesh overcomes you. It's because you let it. Lord give us more light. The Lord cause us to walk in the light. Oh my. I have to press on here. He says. 
the verse four, the righteousness of the law, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us, in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. We already read what the works of the flesh are. But they that are of the spirit, the things of the spirit. For to be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Carnally minded, spiritually minded. Darkness minded, light minded. The thoughts of God versus the thoughts of the devil. Your choice. What thought do you choose? Our mind is not creating its own thoughts. It's the battleground for the thoughts of God and the thoughts of the devil. And you can choose in your mind. And believe me, I I don't just preach this in church. I preach this at home. I have, you know, we have people in the family that are, I won't say they're weak in the faith. I'll just say, That they're not used to that kind of warfare. And understanding that kind of warfare. That if if there's a thought in your mind that disagrees with the word of God. The devil put it there. There's no other place it came from. You say, well, I thought that. No, you didn't. The devil put it there. And you just need to reject it. You just need to say, let the light of God just fill this mind with the word of God. Because if there's a thought in your mind that agrees with the word of God, I, I can I can go right down and break it right down for you this morning, but I, I, I'm trying to get to the place I want to get to here. But I'll just say it this way. As Brother Brown said, the right mental attitude towards any divine promise will bring it to pass in your life are you suffering sickness this morning you've got to have the right mental attitude towards it which the right mental attitude is to cast aside the thoughts of the devil and accept the thoughts of god by your stripes i am healed I'm already healed 2,000 years ago it has nothing to do with how i feel Can you say amen to that? It has nothing to do with how I feel. The word says, light says, I am already healed. If the same spirit that raised up Jesus from the dead dwells in me, it shall quicken my mortal body. It will bring this body subject to the word of God. It must come to pass. Hallelujah. It must come to pass. There's no doubt about it. As long as I keep the devil away, I will fear no evil. Well, the doctor says you got cancer. That doesn't matter. I'll fear no evil. God is my healer. Well, you got this problem. Or you got that. that doesn't matter. That's just darkness. Science. The word against science. Science says this is going to happen to you. And science says that's going to happen to me. And, I, and whenever it happens to me, because I go through it just like you go through it. Whenever it happens to me, uh, I just say, well, that's what science says. But, it's, but the word never said I would go through that. The word said I would be healed. You know what? I just choose to side with the word. Amen, Brother Jonas? You just choose to side with the word. It doesn't matter. Science says this. Science says there's no cure. There's no cure for what you got. Well, that's science. That's darkness. Oh, here we go. That's darkness. Because it's the word against science. It's light against darkness. 
And science will tell you this and science will tell you that. You know, we got Brother Tom sitting in the church. How many battles he's been through with science as they told him, you know what? Excuse me for saying this, Brother Tom, but they, they, they say, you know what? You just need to get that leg amputated. We'll amputate that leg. That'll end all your troubles and all those kind of things. That's got nothing to do with it. That's what science says. That's what darkness says. But we, but we, we got a brother that says, by his stripes, I am healed. I'm holding on to God. It doesn't matter how much of a miracle it looks like. It's more of a miracle today than it was any day. But God is more than able. Hallelujah, which brings me to my last point. Genesis 17, verse 1. You don't have to turn to it. You'll recognize it. When Abraham was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abram and said unto him, I am the almighty God. Walk before me and be thou perfect. Hallelujah. Not when he was 17. Not when he was 25. He's 99. Not when he's able to have children. No, when he's unable to have children. Not when he's able to, in his own strength, do something great. No, his strength is diminishing. He's 99 years old. Sarah is 89 years old, I believe, at this time. And Abraham learned how weak he was. He learned, I can't produce it. Sarah and I cannot have a son. We cannot do what God promised. But God now appears to him in the form of El Shaddai. Oh, I love this. Brother Brown preaches on this. But I love this. Have you got five minutes for me? And here's God appearing to Abraham. And he says to Abraham now, he says, I want you to know, Abraham, I'm also El Shaddai. I've revealed myself in other ways to you, but I also want you. In other words, light is coming to Abraham. He's in a state of weakness. He's unable to perform the word. He's unable to fulfill it. It looks like his life is over. All of his hope. But he says, I know I heard from God. I know he spoke to me. I know he said I'd have a son. I know he promised me these things. And I guess maybe Ishmael is it and all those kind of things. But now God appears to me and says, Abraham, I want you to know, now that you've learned weakness, I want you to understand I'm the strength giver. Hallelujah. Oh, saints, how many? I'll tell you what, I can go over cases in the church. I know of cases, even if I haven't talked to them individually. But I know of cases in the church where young men, young women grew up in this message, strong, believing God. Oh, just totally serving God with all their hearts and, you know, bold and strong. And all of a sudden, something strikes them and they become very weak. And all of a sudden, it, it rattles them. I used to be so strong. My mind used to be so strong. I didn't have these problems before. Are you with me? I didn't go through this before. But now I'm going through it. That's what God's showing Abraham. Abraham, I had to let you become weak. Because I couldn't reveal myself to you as the strength giver unless you were weak. Hallelujah. Are you feeling weak this morning? You need to walk in the light. You need to catch that God's trying to reveal himself to you. He says, I'm your strength giver. I brought you to this this place of weakness. Not to say that my word cannot be fulfilled, Abraham. But because in spite of all those things, I can say to you, 
What is that to you? I'm 99 years old. What is that to you? The doctor says, I'm past the time of life. What is that to you? The doctor says, or the, the, the science says, Sarah, it's beyond the time of having children with her. My, we don't even, as Sarah said in the tent, we don't even have pleasure together anymore as husband and wife. Like we did when we were young. What is that to you? Follow thou me. Hello. Come on. God's telling a man that's weak. He's telling a man that's feeble. He's telling a man that's not able. He's telling a man that has nothing to offer God. Abraham, now's the time to fulfill the word. Hallelujah. Abraham, just walk before me and be thou perfect. Abraham's being shown the way of light. And in that light that God's showing him now. Hallelujah. In that light now is a body change. Glory. You know what? You can't produce the rapture. No matter how much you believe, you can't produce the rapture. But he's our strength giver. And one day that strength is going to flow from on high. And this 60-year-old body is going to turn young again. Hallelujah. One day I'll be 18, 19 years old again. I'll be in the strength of youth, not of a, not of a physical, sensual, carnal body, but of a changed body. A body that doesn't have any of the old sinful nature anymore. That doesn't walk that way anymore. There'll be a change. Amen. What is your age to me, Abraham? Walk before me and be perfect. What is your weakness to me? Walk before me and be perfect. What is your husband or your wife to me? Abraham, it doesn't matter where Sarah's at. Walk before me. I have come down to fulfill my word. Amen. The message that we're believing in this hour is not you or me. It's not William Branham. It's Jehovah Jireh that has come down to fulfill his word. Amen. How shall I get the prophecies of Paul to be fulfilled? The Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout. And the voice of the archangel and the trump of God shall sound. That's a prophecy laying in the word. The prophet Paul laid that in there. And God has not forsaken that promise. Amen. Light has come into this age. Walk in the light. In that light is a body change. In that light is healing. In that light is your peace. In that light is your joy. In that light is everything that we have need of. As the musicians come. In that light. He comes in the midst of darkness. And says... What is darkness to you? Follow thou me. Let's stand to our feet. In stature of a perfect man, Brother Branham says, I can imagine that them apostles never acted like us. They went around probably men a few words till they got in the pulpit. They walked in and they done what they were supposed to do and walked out. They had power. They had virtue. They had no arguments with men. They knowed where they stood. They knowed who they believed. They kept on walking in the spirit. He says, 
just one little nod, that's all God had to do, then nothing was going to stop them. They didn't question and study and hum-haw and weary like we do whether we should do this or that. They went ahead and done it anyhow. Just one little nod from God and that done it. That's it. That's just it, he says. How would they know it was a nod from God? Because it compared with his word. And they knew that it was the word of God and away they went. I wonder if we could sing a little song. Just that little chorus. Have your way, have your way. Holy Spirit, take control, have your way. I need the words up on the screen. I don't have them in front of me. Fill our hearts and have your way. As we wait, as we pray, speak your word into our hearts and have your way. Let's bow our heads together at this point in time. As your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed. Maybe you've heard something this morning that says, what I really need is more light. What I really need is a fresh quickening. What I really need is a further revelation. I need God to shine into an area of my life and drive away the darkness. Maybe you're fearful this morning. You're not going to become unfearful just by hearing things. You've got to believe them and let God anchor them in your heart. And you've got to hold to those things like the woman at the well held to her experience with Jesus. She potentially had a lot to be scared about running into the city and telling everybody, come see a man. Isn't this the Messiah? He's told me all things. But she left it. She held to one thing. I've had an experience with God. I wonder if there'd be somebody here this morning, whether here, Cloverdale, on the internet, I might say, I need God to shine in this area. Maybe it's for peace. Maybe it's for joy. Maybe it's for a rest in an area of your life. Maybe it's something else that you need, a healing touch from God. Why don't you just raise your hand to him and say, Lord, you see my hands. God sees all of those hands. And more importantly, God sees your heart of sincerity. He says, Lord, that light, that light is what I need. Oh, Lord, let me hear it like Abraham heard it. What is that to you? 99, what is that to you? I'm the one that speaks the word. I'm the one that fulfills the word. As God appeared to Job and says, can you explain this or can you explain that? In other words, Job, don't just quit trying to explain everything. Just receive the light that I'm trying to get to you. And he could stand up under the power of that light and say, though the skin worms destroy this body, yet in my flesh I shall see God. That's our God. He's quickening power. And he's here to quicken you this morning. Heavenly Father, Lord, you see the hands that are raised. You see the hearts that you are dealing with. Lord, and I believe it's your dealing. It's your supernatural way. 
that father you come to the individual in your sovereignty and in your power and you make yourself known to that individual and you present the light to them you said light comes into the world well light comes into our lives but you said Lord the condemnation is that we hold to the darkness Lord I pray if somebody here under the sound of my voice is holding to darkness may they let it go this morning Lord may they just say Lord I believe your word I believe you're in control I believe your truth Lord come and take the preeminence glorify your name O God and have your way within each and every life as we sing this song Lord may it become real in their lives have your way have your way Lord drive out every darkness Lord have your way just have the preeminence take every son take every daughter into that close intimate relationship with you till they know you in the power of your resurrection that's what you taught Abraham a body change that's what you taught Job a change a resurrection that laid ahead that he shall see God in his own flesh Lord we commit ourselves into your hands in Jesus Christ's name we pray Amen give me some microphone
slide. We'll walk in the light. this morning.
confession. Just raise your hand to him. Say, Lord, let me walk in the light. I'll fear no evil because the light's with me. Thou art with me. You comfort me, Lord. You're my comfort. This world isn't my comfort. You're my comfort. Shine all around me. Shine all around me in the daytime. Shine all around me in the nighttime. Shine all around me when the devil comes around. So that darkness will flee. And he tries to Put thoughts in my mind that are against the word of God. Shine around me, Lord. He tries to discourage me. Shine around me, Lord. He tries to tell me it's not going to work out. Shine around me, Lord. It's always going to work out. All things work together for good. To them that love God. Who are the called according to his purpose. Are you called? The Bible says she's called. She's chosen. She's faithful. Are you called? You chose you didn't choose yourself. He chose you. And if he chose you, he doesn't make mistakes. I said that a couple services to go and I'm holding on to it. Amen. He doesn't make mistakes. I'm glad for that. I can't say that I don't, but he chose me and he may, he never makes mistakes. Isn't he wonderful? house of the Lord. It's good to be here this this afternoon. I want to appreciate each and every one of you. Man, I hate it that the borders are closed. I sure had a good time this week. Even though I'm kind of out of my comfort zone a little bit, you know, fellowshipping morning, noon, and evening. Uh, you forgive me if I just, I'm just that way. I'm not a, I'm not big on going from event to event. I got family members that love to do that. I won't mention her name that she's my daughter, but uh, yeah. we love her. We love you, each and every one. Do you know that we love you? And I believe that you love us too. Brother Daniel, good to see you. Amen. It's good to see each and every one here. Brother Jonas, I'm going to ask if you'd come and dismiss us with a word of prayer this, this morning, this afternoon, I guess now. Amen. Well, God bless you. You know what? The borders may never open because we may be raptured. I'm not saying they're not going to open. I'm saying they may not open for us. We might just enjoy fellowship on the other side where we don't care how much time there is because there is no time. It's just eternity. And we're looking forward to that. If that's what God has for us, we'll have some real good fellowship over there. I know there's many I didn't get to fellowship this week. Appreciated the hospitality of everybody that did. And uh, God bless you each and every one. Brother Jonas, why don't you come and have a word of prayer with us. Dear Heavenly Father, you're indeed the light, Lord Jesus. We're so, so grateful that you're a light in my life, Lord. A light in our 
all lives, Lord, you are so good to us, Father. What would we do without you, Father? We wouldn't know where to go, where to turn to, Father, but you've sent that light into our lives, Lord, this wonderful message, Lord. What would we go to, Father? There's nothing else we can go to, Father. If we really think about it, there's nobody we can go to, and there's no written thing we can go to but your word, Father. And we're so grateful for that, that we can have it, Father. We can immerse ourselves in it, Lord. And the darker the hour gets around us in this world, the brighter your light shines, Lord Jesus, Father. May it just shine through us, Lord. May we be a witness, Father, for this world, Lord. May the last one come in, Father, so we can go home, Father, to be with you, Lord Jesus. That's our desire. That's our goal, Father. We don't want to stay in this world, Lord, but we want to be with you, Father. Oh, Lord, may you just be with us, Father, as we will travel down the mountain again, Lord. May you be with your children wherever they are, Father. Those which are grieving, Father, may you be their light, Father, in darkness. But you're so good, Lord Jesus. We can thank you enough, Lord, for all that you've done, Father. If there's still anyone who needs healing, Lord, may you touch them, Lord. May you bless Brother Tim, Lord. We're so grateful for him, Lord. What a wonderful gift he has, Lord Jesus. May you bless his family, Lord. Thank you for letting him come here, Lord. May you just bless him, bless his family, bless the church in Cloverdale. Bless us here, Lord, is my prayer, Father. Just want to be in your light, Lord. Never leave it, Lord. May it just be around us every day of our life, Lord. We give you all the praise and all the glory, Father, for you are worthy of our praise. We thank you and give you glory and honor in Jesus' name. Amen. I got a microphone. Do I have a microphone? There we are. Daystar. Uh, maybe why don't you lead us in that, Brother Ryan? And uh, Tom is ready to say something. Are you? Have you got that lined up over there? Sorry. Sing song. Okay, we're gonna sing Daystar, and then Brother Tom's gonna greet us. Amen. Let your
God bless you, saints, in Mount Baker and all that are gathered here and those that are at home. We want to thank you for the service this morning, Brother Tim. We were with you 100% all the way down that golden path. You said that there was a golden vein and everybody has to pick up their nugget. You know, when you get your nugget, it's not anybody else's nugget but yours. Amen. And God has something for each and every one of us. And thank you for your labors, Brother Tim. And I'm sure the saints were blessed while you were there this week, fellowshipping around the Word of God. Well, we've come to a rotation. Brother Tim took the last part, and always the best to last. That's what they say. And we're thankful that you made it down, Brother Tim. And and I just got one announcement, not to detract from the message or the meeting at all. But Brother Briscoe wanted to make sure that he was remembered before you, and also that the saints in China, uh, we've been praying with them through this whole ordeal and as Brother Murphy keeps me posted and Brother Biscoe posted, I'm, as I said to Brother uh, Murphy when he first he texted me last week, or yeah, Friday, he said, uh, our Brother Nail has been released from prison. <laughs> Amen. I know you all wanted to hear it together because we're one body. We're one body with China, Cloverdale, doesn't matter, around the world. And so, Brother Ed and myself, we just wanted you to know that together, and I'm thankful that we have this medium that we can do that. And Brother Timothy, of course, was released June 11th. Now we have to pray for Brother Elvie, August, 
And last will be Brother Caleb in November. So God answers prayer, and we're looking forward to their soon return to their families and to their wives and children. So God bless you, and may you have a wonderful afternoon. May you take the things that you heard this morning, apply it to your life. And may God bless you. God bless you, Brother Tim, as you turn it over to you now. Amen. Lead me, Lord, I'll follow. One more time and then we'll be dismissed. Oh, lead me, Lord, I'll follow. they're preparing for some fellowship this afternoon here at the camp and we're looking forward to that if you're able to stay and i hope you are love to fellowship some more with you i got to get my last fill before i go home and uh praise the lord that'll keep me for a long time (laughs) praise god well appreciate each and every one of you and god bless you to the saints in cloverdale to those that are online as you go to your homes why don't you turn around and greet someone shake their hand Say what you can say to them. God bless you. The service is dismissed in Jesus' name.